Well, good morning. It's good to be in the house of the Lord, is it not? Uh, after we rehearsed those uh, quartet numbers, I'm doing double duty here today. They asked me to sing and, and uh, preach as well. But anyhow, as I was sitting in the back, back by the sound booth, just when they were warming up, I had camp meeting in my soul. It just blessed me to hear the music that we had this morning. Amen? Amen. This is the second Sunday of Advent. We're going to be dealing with the the, the uh, topic, The Lord of Working Men. It will be from Luke chapter 8, and that will be 8 through 20. We'll get to that in just a few minutes. Last week, Isabel took us into the Old Testament, the prophecies about Jesus, and uh, as it said in the one song they had sung here today, and so uh, she took us back to that. And then as I was meditating on that, I thought about uh, what John had to say in his gospel. He doesn't bring the birth account or anything of that nature. What he did say, he comes as the logos or as the word. He comes as life, he comes as light, and he comes in power. That's a pretty good four-point sermon right there. Anyhow, uh, he came... Uh, Today I want us to focus on the idea and the theme of he came to uh, to be the Lord of working men. Now before we get there, um, Luke tells the the story of the birth of Jesus. Chapter 1, the story of John the Baptist and how his father was uh, uh, in the Holy of Holies and an angel came to him. We have angels coming all over the place here on this today. He came and... uh, uh, you know, revealed to him that he'd have a son. The son would be the forerunner of Jesus. And uh, then, uh, a little later in that chapter, Mary receives an uh, angel. Gabriel came to her, and she is promised uh, to be the son of the Messiah. Um, chapter 2 is describes the birth of Jesus and the trip to Bethlehem and they get no room in the inn, and I think we all know that story. All right. Anyhow, that brings us to what I want to do today. The theme is the Lord of the working men. I've asked uh, Mary if she would read chapter 2, 8 through 20. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby, who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had been told about him, about the child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Amen. 
Thank you. David, would you offer a prayer that God would bless this scripture to our hearts today? Would you do that? Thank you. Shepherds. Shepherds. The greatest event to ever be taken place in all of history was revealed to shepherds. Now, uh, it wasn't revealed to the king or all the important people in the palace. Uh, surely you would think that it would be announced there, but it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't uh, uh, revealed at the temple. The, the center of religious activity and learning. And uh, you, you would have certainly thought that he would have been revealed there. But uh, he wasn't. God chose to reveal the greatest historical event to common working folk. Common working folk. Uh, go back with me to the night. Picture, uh, well, hold the thought about about the shepherds there. When you go back to, with me to the night, picture the hillside and the mountains that surrounded Jerusalem. It's a still night. The stars are out. This is in my mind's eyes as I see it anyhow. Uh, you can see the lights of the city or the village down below uh, flickering in the night, but it was a dark, dark night and the stars were very bright. Back when I was bivocational planting a church back in the early 80s, um, we, uh, uh, another fellow and I were in business together doing remodeling three days a week and then I pastored the rest of the week. And we had this one job we needed to finish up for these folks and we actually wound up working till about 8 o'clock at night. And as we stepped outside, it was pitch black, but the sky was electric with the stars. You could almost feel like you could reach out and touch them. And somehow I pictured that that's the scene that these shepherds uh, where the shepherds were on this particular night. Now, the campfire is flickering, and the silence in the, is only broken by the occasional blatting of the sheep. It's been a long day. Probably some of the men had fallen asleep. Nothing out of the ordinary, a typical day and evening in the life of a shepherd. Uh, not unusual for them to be out on the hillside for months at a time. Then, out of the stillness and the darkness and the quiet of that evening, an angel appeared and the glory of God surrounded them. Can you imagine that? In that darkness, all of a sudden, I mean, it'd be like a, probably like a bolt of lightning or somebody turning on a, a spotlight, you know, a thing like that. Anyhow, um, uh, it must have been an awesome, by the way, it says here that they were terrified, and in the Greek, they feared a great fear, a great fear. All right? um, that must have been an awesome experience. Uh, I, I just can't imagine sitting there, and if you've ever sat around a campfire at night, it's very relaxing, isn't it? You know, and what have you. And then all of a sudden, boom, uh, out of the sky comes this incredible re revelation to them. The angel said, fear not, I bring you glad tidings of great joy, 
The fear was a natural reaction to what they had experienced. Shouts of joy were more appropriate. Uh, For the news which uh, the angel brought was the best news that man had ever heard. These men were apparently, there's differences of opinion on what I'm about to say, but uh, these men were apparently uh, devout Jews. Uh, They were God-fearing men. They no doubt uh, remember attending temple or or Sabbath school when they were younger. Uh, Couldn't get there very much when they're out in the fields, and they were ceremonially unclean, so they weren't uh, able to attend. But they no doubt uh, got there when they could. And like David, they talked with God out on the hills in the quiet and in the stillness. They were acquainted with the Mosaic Law, with all its regulations and impossibilities. Uh, they were conv- uh, convinced they were convicted of sin, and had never re- had no release from it. I mean, if you recall, in the Old Testament system, you know, salvation came through Jesus, not through the law, not through the sacrifice of, of bulls and goats and and uh, sheep. Uh, these just were momentary things. They did not bring the, the lasting. Uh, relief from from the uh, the prisoner of sin. Um, for God fearing Jews, there could be no better uh, no better uh, news than this. God, uh, God now had come, and a Savior had was born. The event was further confirmed by the uh, angelic choir. Can you imagine that? I don't know how many there were, if there were thousands of angels lighting up the sky. Wow. You know, that would have been awesome. Um, They sang, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill to men. Uh, Amazed at at this spectacle event, the, the shepherds made their way to find the child. Verse 16 says, and they found the major where he lay. The visit of the worshipers, and they they visited, and then they took the good news wherever they went and told people what had happened. And another little thing I was thinking about here as, as I was pondering this event, uh, what did they do with the sheep? I'm getting a little ahead of myself here, but I'm going to go with that. What did they do with the sheep? Did they just take off and leave them and that, you know, overcome by this event? Or did part of them go and some of them stay? Or possibly did they take the sheep with them into the town? Now, I was on a work and witness team uh, a number of years ago to New Zealand. Sheep are everywhere in New Zealand. I mean, everywhere. Uh, And uh, on this particular occasion, we were driving down a, a a, 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 um, a road and there was fences on both sides and there was a flock of sheep out in the middle of the road and as we went along all of a sudden they enveloped us all the way around and I mean just tight to tight you couldn't move you couldn't move till the sheep did and I, I just got a tickle chuckle about that I wonder if they took those sheep into town that would have created quite a fuss you know but anyway either way they that, that's free <laughs> anyhow um so, these people were considered to be the low lifes of society. They were the poor, the wretched, kind of the high school dropouts. 
who became, tra you know, we think of like trash collectors. And I'm not trying to put anybody's job down, but uh, they, they were not people of means. They were the poorest of the poor in that society. And so why would God reveal the birth of his son to them? Why? Well, I have three reasons here. There are probably many, many more, but uh, they were in they they were in a the condition or position to receive the message. They lived close to the land, and uh, with that, without the hustle and bustle of life, they God could speak to them, and so uh, they were in condition and position to hear. I um I wonder sometimes. Well, I think it's a fact for most of us that in the busyness of life, how many times do we miss a blessing or an opportunity from God? I think it was Chuck Swindoll, if you're familiar with him. Uh, he said he believes there is a room in heaven that has stored up missed opportunities and missed blessings and that we're, they're going to be revealed to us. Well, I don't know if that's true or not. But I, I do know this. It makes the point that uh, we need to slow down and let God speak into our lives. Amen? Amen. I, would, I confess to you that's become a little easier to me, for me since I am no longer able to work. And uh, it's been a little easier for me to do that. But I think we all need to uh, make room for that. Missed opportunities and missed blessings. The second thing here is uh, they were willing to follow God's leadership. When the angels uh, said, you find the babe in Bethlehem in a stable, and they were given the uh, opportunity, and they went. And as I said, I don't know how many sheep they took or if they took any, but they went and worshipped at, at the uh, manger. Uh, They, and the third thing here is being shepherds, people of little means, they symbolize the fact that Jesus came for everyone. Oh, how important that is. Jesus came for everyone. He didn't just come from the rich or for the, the affluent or uh, the, uh, the temple people. He didn't come for just the religious leaders. He came as Savior and Lord for whosoever believes. That's the good news. That's the good news of Christmas, is it not? I want to read verse 10, if I can find it here. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. For today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Amen. 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 Verse 10 says, he came for all people. John 3.16 says, whosoever will may come. He could have been born in the palace to the royal family, but he came to the home of, pe of peasant parents, present parents, uh, and born in a stable. Celebrated by common folk. Aren't you glad salvation's not just for the rich and for any other select group? 
It is for you and me. I want to close with a story, and then we'll have a reading and, and, uh, and a song. Back when I was in the Navy, I, I find it amazing that my four years in the Navy, which is over 50 years ago, there's a lot of illustrative material that comes out in my preaching over the years. In this particular case, we were in England. We were there for about a week. Okay? And one of the places I wanted to see was Westminster Abbey. Now, we've all seen it. On, of course, the funeral for the Queen was just there. And I, it's an awesome, inspiring place, they, they tell me. At any rate, we went down there. My buddies and I went down there, and there was a line at the door. So, so we got in line and said, well, I mean, something's going on. Maybe we can get in here. Well, when we got up to the guy who was, uh, you know, letting people in, he says, do you have tickets? No, I don't have any tickets. Well, you can't come in here if you don't have a ticket. I said, wow, what a disappointment. You know, Jesus says, whosoever may come, even the lowly shepherds, even the trash collectors, what means that there's hope for you and I. And, and if you've never received that hope, I pray that you will in this Christmas season, that you would do that. He came as Lord of working men.